What is going on, everyone? What is cooking? Script writer Steve right here. You reached my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is February 25th, 2021, and I got a show for you today. Now I want to talk about COVID-19, and then I want to segue really quickly into all of the intellectuals that are telling us how to live our life. Yep, Dr. Fauci, he wants to mask up. He wants us to mask up, doesn't he? All the other intellectuals want to keep the schools closed. They may even want to keep your business closed. Because after all, they know more than you do. You're not an intellectual like they are. All right, I'm turning this down. Enough of that already, enough. What is cooking, everyone? Scriptwriter Steve coming to you live from my office right here at Dream Weddings Hawaii. It is currently 3.20 a.m. in the morning. I went to sleep early and I woke up way, way too early. You know, I should have been, <laughs> I should be waking it up at around 5 or 6 o'clock a.m. in the morning. But now at 3.30, huh, way too early. I may feel it later on in the day, but I have a, I have some clients coming in and they want to, you know, take a tour of Oahu. And I said, I'll do it. So we are going to be, I will be spending the day driving a, a van and we're going to be hitting close to 10 wedding venues in a whole day. I think we're going to end at around 6 p.m. And uh, I will call it a night and have some good old food and uh, enjoy all the money I made because uh, apparently Hawaii is opening up. Yep, Hawaii is, uh, you know, we just went into, into tier three today. Actually, at 12.01 a.m., we are in Tier 3 uh, here on Oahu, which means uh, restaurants can be 100% open as long as they socially distance. So I'm not sure how that works, but that's what they said. Uh, retail stores, 100% open. Uh, we still have to wear our mask inside the stores. We still have to socially distance. By the way, when we talk about social distancing, they tell us, I'm keep them six feet away. But, you know, here's what it got me thinking. And I always said this from the very beginning. You know, six feet, who in the world, you know, talks closer than six feet? I know when people start getting into the three-foot range, even before COVID, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of feel like they're a close talker. You know, there are close talkers out there, right? And usually, you know, six feet's a good, a good distance away from my mouth. You go three feet, you're pretty uncomfortable than two feet, one feet. I mean, who actually speaks one foot, three feet away from your mouth? That's pretty close, right? Six feet is a good distance by default, pre-COVID. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe I'm a hypochondriac. No, I don't think so. I just think you shouldn't be that close to my mouth. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing, do you know that it's almost been a year? I think it's been, is it coming up to a year since we uh, locked down? And I think some states are still locked down. Hawaii, you know, even though we, I think we tied New York City with some of the most extreme lockdown measures, I really didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't think we had it as bad as maybe California. Um, our numbers were really never that bad. What was really bad was that, you know, we had no work around and there was no way to get work around unless you wanted to work for Costco, wanted to work for the supermarket or, or it, or just, I think it was, that's it. I think supermarket or Costco and, um, or, or no Domino's pizza, right? You could, you could work for Domino's pizza because they're out there hiring. And, uh, you know, 
I didn't do any of that. You know, luckily I had some other sources of income. I was actually getting some uh, pandemic unemployment, you know, uh, money too as well. But still, yet yeah, that wasn't really enough to cover a lot of things. I'll be very honest with you. So, but really, what was really more upsetting than COVID nineteen was that the entire country just took a plunge in stupidity. I mean, right now our our COVID numbers are coming down. But so is our nation's IQ. I think our nation's IQ is plunging exponentially with the COVID numbers exponentially going down because people just got way more stupid. Now, maybe they were stupid to begin with, but I swear, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what was worse, the stupidity in America or COVID-19. I mean, just the blind loyalist, idealist I mean, the, the, the blind loyalty to these intellectuals that are out there. And I understand that we should listen to intellectuals. But at the same time, we cannot fear our own opinion. All right? Because these intellectuals, and I'll get straight into this. When I say the word intellectual, I am not talking about a characteristic or a trait. So when I say intellectual, I'm not saying the smart people because all of us are smart in our own ways. All of us are intellectual in our own ways, right? I am not talking about that. I am talking about a personality type called the intellectual. And these intellectuals are, we know them as academics, professors, you know, Doc, uh, some doctors like a- Anthony Fauci is maybe one of the, the best examples of an intellectual. And these are people, you know, uh, uh, I guess they have this fear of not knowing enough about the world. And they don't, they fear not knowing enough about the world to interact with it. So they're very much introverts, natural introverts. So their fear makes them into these compulsive information gatherers. They just love data. They have more of a relationship with the library or the internet or research rather than people. And here's the most ironic thing about them. They're, they are studying to interact with people, but they really don't know how to interact with people. Now, how do I know a lot about them? Because they're, they're actually one of my favorite characters to write in a novel or a script or, or anything because they're very, they're very interesting. You know, here you have this, these geniuses. They're, they're flat out geniuses. You know, again, we've seen them in, in movies, like a rocket scientist, right? Um, say Ghostbusters, right? Egon, Ray were, were intellects. And Egon, you know, as smart as he was, he was also pretty much a pretty evil bastard sometimes. He could be very cunning and, and he wouldn't, you know, Ray and Egon, they made love with ectoplasma just to make, <laughs> just, to, just to, just to see what it would be like. You know, these, these are people who would, you know, you know, str- I guess do unethical things in the name of science. You know, are some of our favorite characters like um, uh, who who was the uh, uh, I guess uh, who was that guy uh, the Doc, the Doc right over in um in Back to the Future. He's your typical five intellect. Well, when I say type five, sorry, I'm talking about the enneagram. That I may slip up, but type five is what they call is the type five personality, and they are called the intellect on the enneagram. And the enneagram, by the way, is what I use to study personality behavior. It's, it's my foundation. Just to let you know. So sometimes I may slip up and say type five. I mean intellect, right? And this is not something I made up. It's something you can uh, Google. It's a very uh, 
it's not as common as the Myers-Briggs stuff out there, but it's very useful. And uh, I think some handful of psychologists you know, know about it. I got to know it through some psychologists. I got, I got reintroduced to it by my friend. But again, it is the foundation of what I use to write characters in movies and what I use to actually grow as a person as well. But again, going back to the intellect, right? Their agenda right now, their agenda, they're just compulsive information gatherers. And it's so weird because, you know, they fear interaction. Um, I, I guess they are so, they, they fear human interaction. So for something like for us who take things for granted, you know, you're talking to your neighbor about football. You're talking to your neighbor about, you know, the barbecue you had yesterday. They find those types of things a lot more difficult. They would rather be in this academic bubble, preaching to people who only agree with them, loyalists. You're talking to maybe reporters or, 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 or anyone who actually would just nod their head in agreement. Never disagree. And here's the problem. Now, while intellects are very, very smart, they are at the same time are very stupid because they are so narrow-minded. In that one narrow alley, they may be extremely smart. So Dr. Fauci in this one narrow alley, whatever the alley is, because I can't figure out what he's smart in, okay? But let's say he's smart in something, and, uh, and he's very, very smart, but outside of that alley, he becomes very, very stupid, and they're not very well-rounded people. I remember people like, uh, we had some intellects back in when I was in high school, and they were like very, very, very smart. I mean, they could do calculus like you couldn't believe. But out there, you try to have a conversation with them, they couldn't hold, they couldn't talk about anything other than, oh, what's on a test? What do you want to study for? Uh, you know, and, and they, they were very not unathletic people, which was, which drove me nuts. I always had this, uh, these debates with my, with my teachers, teachers that said, why does, you know, I'll just call this person Fred. You know, why Fred can't even run a mile in under 12 minutes and yet he's getting an A, the same grade as me. And my professor would say, well, Steve, you know, uh, Fred, uh, you know, you know, he's, he's not athletic and not everyone can run the mile very well. Well, not everyone, not everyone can do calculus really well. And he said, but you know, if we gave Fred an F for not running the mile or not completing the mile, then he would just be an average person. Well, yeah, Fred is an average person. But here's the problem. These intellects in high school and, and throughout college, they're held up to this higher standard. That they're smarter than, that they're smarter and better than you. Now, they may be smarter, again, in that narrow alley, but when you average them out, when you average all the other things that they're, that they're not good at, they're just average. Einstein, typical intellect. Very, very smart man. What did he do with E equals MC squared? Absolutely nothing. He didn't create nuclear power with it. It was some in other engineers who actually did that. Did he help, you know, find the cure for anything? Ab absolutely not. He was actually a piss poor professor. He would show up late. He wouldn't even teach his classes very well. Um, I, I think he was some type of patent person or he, he I think he worked in some type of, I, I think, business office doing patents or, or, or some type of count, like a clerk or something, which he wasn't really good at doing. So he wasn't, good at doing a regular nine to five job. And a lot of these intellects, you'll find a lot of professors, they're not even good at teaching. You know, they have their assistant, uh, assistants doing it, right? They're good at publishing papers, writing books, writing arguments, you know, speaking to a crowd. And when they speak, they speak to themselves. And this is what 
Anthony Fauci is, right? And he goes out here. And first he tells us, mask doesn't work. And then he tells us, mask does work. And then he tells us, two masks work better than one. And three masks work really better than one. We're way better than two, right? And then we see him off camera taking off his mask and not wearing a mask at all. We see him at a baseball game not wearing a mask. And we don't even see him social distancing at a baseball game. We don't see him social distancing anywhere else. And again, these intellects, again, you know, do they actually believe it? Is he, you know, is he an intellect? Is he an intellect? I don't know. I really don't know, but I kind of define him as an intellect. But here's, here's the problem. You know, intellect, their crowd are loyalists. And who makes up most of the blind loyalists in America? Democrats. Loyalists, when I say loyalists, I mean personality types. So again, these are loyalists, they fear themselves. They fear their own opinion, and they look for a rescuer to tell them what to do. So when they enter in that academic environment, who is telling them what to do? An intellect. So they come out of college thinking, who am I going to listen to? I have to look for the next expert. Oh, here comes Dr. Anthony Fauci, and here comes Al Gore, and here comes you know Michael Moore, and all these other intellects, right? Quote-unquote intellects telling them how to live. Now, they don't question it for one bit because they have blind loyalty to certain intellects. Now, unlike us, you know, we're not, most of us, you know, some of us out there may be intellects, right? But I would say most of us don't. We think for ourselves, right? If someone says something, we say, hmm, that's interesting. Let me take some research onto it. We're not going to, you know, we don't have a fear of holding our own opinion, especially myself. You know, I'm a very opinionated guy. I want to take things with a grain of salt. You know, and I'm not going to buy things hook, line, and sinker. But by the way, there are blind loyalists on the right, on the Republican side, on the conservative side, and they do follow some intellects. And that's why some, sometimes these intellect, these Republican loyalists start following the wrong things. Okay. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. But, you know, you know, it's been one year since, you know, COVID, COVID, like, you know, I guess started. I think COVID actually started maybe late November of, of 2019, and it made its way to the United States sometime in January, then it really started going in March. And it was just weird, you know, being at, you know, here in Hawaii, things were locked down. Waikiki was a ghost town. You know, my father and I rode our bikes around Waikiki, and it is just so weird to see, you know, no one in Waikiki, and store after store boarded up. And uh, I really thought, you know, I, I told it to my father, I said, you know, I don't have no idea how we're going to get back from this. You know, this was really, really, really bad. I mean, it was worse from the 9-11. And I remember Steve Wynn uh, coming on the news and he was saying that if hotels run, he said the profit margins for hotels are, are, are very small. So he said if a hotel runs 10% above occupancy, you're really making a lot of money. If it runs 10% below occupancy, you're losing a lot of money. Now you have hotels now that are running at 0% occupancy for months upon months, sometimes years. He said a lot of companies are not going to be able to make it. And it's the truth. There's a lot of companies, a lot of hotels in Hawaii that are really, really struggling. And I think they had to take out you know, a lot of loans to, to, to get through this whole COVID thing. And I'm not sure which ones will stay in business, which is really scary. And a lot of restaurants took a, lot, you know, a, a, a big hit. But here's, where, but here's what the intellectuals said. I remember them telling us that herd immunity was false. Now, again, there are, in, there are intellects on the other side who said that 
herd immunity actually worked, right? And there are other people who, you know, you know again, doctors again, who or an epidemi- epidemiologist who weren't of the intellectual personality type who entertained every single idea, right? They said, maybe herd immunity work, maybe it doesn't. But when you hear a, a, a quote-unquote person say that, like say, you know, a quote-unquote, when we label an intellect, say, when we say, inte- when, I, when I say intellect, you're, you're maybe saying a smart person, okay? But when I mean it, I mean the intellectual personality type, all right? So when I heard these, you know, quote-unquote intellects, right, like such, such as Dr. Fauci saying herd immunity doesn't work, and then I heard conservative intellectuals say, well, maybe herd immunity works, maybe it doesn't work, but here's what here's a here's an argument why it would work and here's why it wouldn't work and everything like that. Everyone chose to believe Anthony Fauci. And he's out there saying, well, it's almost impossible to get to herd immunity because we need to have to we need to have 80 to 90 percent people vaccinated or have caught the virus and their body would have created antibodies and T cells so they would become immune to it. We need we needed 80 to 90 percent of immunity. Well, now we're finding out that seems to be totally off. Now, he's out there still preaching that same thing, saying that by December 22, December of 2022, that's when he thinks COVID will become a thing of the past. There's data out there. There's graphs out there that show everything going down, that crash, that the COVID numbers are crashing down. And more than likely, by the end of March, early April, COVID will become a thing of the past here in America. Now, there are some intellectual intellectuals right that actually had said that when I say intellectuals we're not talking about not talking about the personality type we're talking about, I'll just say doctors there are some doctors and epidemiologists out there that have said again by April they they're looking very positive as this being past us but again dr fauci the intellectual right is out there saying no it's not he he only wants to look at one set of data out there he doesn't want to look at everything else. He just wants to look at the vaccines. We need 80% of the people vaccinated. He won't look at anything more. And his word, for some reason, again, by the loyalist Democrats, who are the media and everyone, are taking his word as gold over the other doctors and epidemiologists who are not as caught up in their own brain and their own research as he is. And this is the problem with it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Now, again, I'm not an epidemiologist. You know that, all right? But there are things to count. When we, when we talk about herd immunity, I, I want to talk about a few things here. Now, first of all, how can we achieve herd immunity with COVID-19? Now, all of this right here is what I researched. The common code, now the antibodies in a common code that are generated in a common code when you get sick, they may not work and they most likely don't work against SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. But their T-cells, for some reason, may actually work very well. And this is why many people um, are actually immune to COVID-19. Now, here's something very interesting. And I think I told you this before, over and over again, if you listen to my other podcasts. But for some of you who are just joining me, there was a ship called the Diamond Princess cruise ship. And this, this is during the, when COVID-19 first started back in March of 2019. No, 2020. And... Um, this, this cruise ship was not allowed to dock in Japan. Now, this, this carried a lot of Americans, a lot of other people, and they had COVID-19 on top of this cruise ship. But for some reason, it stopped spreading at 20%. They got herd immunity at 20%. Now, this was a virus that, was, that we were told that would actually spread exponentially. Now, if that were true, 80, 80 to 90% of that, of that ship would have to be infected 
for the virus to stop spreading. But no, it stopped at 20%. Where are we now cumulatively uh, in America and across the road, even in India, when it comes to people who are asymptomatically uh, uh, you know, infected and recovered, you know, vaccinated, and with the common code, we're at we're basically at little we're we're at twenty percent. Okay, subtract that last line, the common code part. Okay, because I'm I'm going to get back to that. So going back to herd immunity, what contributes to herd immunity? So again, common code T cells. Number two, the vaccine. Now this vaccine is working, guys. I know a lot of you people out there are, are anti-vaxxers. This vaccine is working. All right. Now, and there's also the people who had recovered from COVID-19. And here are some other things that, that they don't tell you about that. It's for the fact that people, especially here in America, we're not in one big fishbowl, all right? We don't know every single person out there. America is very cliquish. We have our own groups that we stay in. You know, we, so because we stay in little small groups, we only, and, and very little people from those little groups know other, other groups, right? A lot of these groups are not connected to other groups. And that's the reason why you don't need 80 to 90%, you know, vaccinated. We're not all living in a single bubble. We are very cliquish. We have our own little groups. We already social distance ourselves away from other people just by the nature of being American. Right, we don't have a lot of big family get-togethers every single weekend of that consist of a thousand people. That doesn't happen. People are very cliquish. Now we have to, and because of COVID nineteen, keeping those groups small, it actually helped create this herd immunity. In fact, right now, because the groups are still small, it's helping to create this, you know, to aid herd immunity. So, this, so we don't need to have eighty to ninety percent. You know, of, of, uh, I guess 80, 90, 80 to 90% of the people vaccinated. So how many, how, how much percentage of the people are vaccinated right now in America? It's nearing about 18%. How many people have had the common code and created T cells? Well, that's anywhere between 35 to 50%. And how many have been infected with COVID and then recovered? It's anywhere between 15 to 20%. And, and if you add all of those up together, we're anywhere between 70 to 80% now, and that's why you see COVID numbers plunging. But again, Anthony Fauci, he won't look at that. He will completely not look at that. And all the other academics out there won't look at that. And this is why you won't hear about what I'm talking about on the news. Because, again, they're blind loyalists. What Anthony Fauci says to them is the gold standard. Now, here's the thing about science. And, and the very, here's a very interesting thing, interesting thing about science. Now, we, you know, the media will keep saying, you have to follow the science. They are the science, they are the party of science, right? You know, whatever, because again, they're the party of science because they're loyal to quote unquote intellectuals who are just caught up in their brain. But let's take a look at scientists. Now, I've known a lot of scientists over my whole life, and here's the truth about it. Science is not exact. It's never been exact. In fact, at the outer realms of science, it's very fictional. It's very anecdotal. You know, Anthony Fauci's favorite word is, that's anecdotal, right? You can't, you, you can't trust that. It's very anecdotal. He always says that. He said that about hydroxychloroquine. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of scientists out there that are anecdotal. Psychology. 
Very anecdotal. They have this huge, huge Bible called the DSM that is filled of personality disorders, filled to the brim. It's thicker than the Bible. It's thicker than the tax code, I think. And you look at that, you read it, you think you have every single, every single personality behavior, um, disorder out there. You, you, you think, oh, I probably have one of those right now. And I, you know, I'm probably crazy in the mind. And then you have psychiatry. So psychology and psychiatry, almost the same thing. One likes to talk to you, the other likes to drug you. Now, you take a look at the, the history of psychiatry, you really do, and you look at all, all of these psych meds, <laughs> how they affect the human brain, all of the, all of the side effects, and whether it's positive or ne- negative, is very anecdotal. And they have antidepressant drugs where the side effect is suicide. <laughs> how does that work? But it's good for you if you're depressed. You just may want to think, you may want to commit suicide. Okay, does that make any sense to you? To the intellect, it does. And they'll argue to you why you should take this antidepressant so you wouldn't commit suicide, but which, by the way, the side effect is possible suicide. Any other person who reasons, like with, like how I do or you do, would think maybe, hey, something doesn't make any sense. When you hear all of those drug commercials on, uh, on television, which are run like wildfire, they're like crazy, you know, they're almost every single commercial. I feel like, uh, 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 like I feel like when I watch anything on TV, I, th- I feel like every other commercial is a drug commercial. You know, they, they talk about how this drug will help you, and then ninety percent of it, they just list all the side effects, and that person has to speak at a million miles per hour to make sure they get every single side effect listed for legal reasons. And, and you think, why? Why do I want this drug again? Oh, it'll help me lose weight, but it may. It may make me commit suicide. Ugh, that's, I don't, I'm not sure if that's great. So again, and, and here's the other thing. We'll, we'll go more into this, why it's not exact, right? You know, <laughs> tornadoes. Scientists can still not explain why, tor- where torna- why tornadoes happen or even why hurricanes happen. Because a lot of times the conditions are perfect tornado and are perfect for a hurricane, yet they don't form. And sometimes when, you know, you know conditions are... Are, are like perfect for no hurricane or no, or, no, or, no, or no tornado, they form. So yet, they can predict climate change. You get that? To the intellectual, this makes sense. They try to reason it to you. They'll say, no, I don't know exactly what causes a tornado, but I know climate change will cause a torna- more tornadoes. Does that make any sense to you? Right? I know that for a fact that Cold air coming down from the north and warm air coming down, coming up from the Gulf, you know, that may cause more, that may cause more tornadoes. But we have, if we have warmer air coming down from the north, which means the earth is warmer, that's going to cause more tornadoes because El Gore said that. It goes directly against what I just argued. But that's right. (laughs) This is the intellectual thinking. They, they crisscross their wires, you know. Again, science. It's not exact. And this is where you find the most of, most of the intellectuals. And when they get, when they're really not at their best, when they're really not at their best, they get caught up into their own theories. And by the way, at the very far end of the spectrum of the intellectual, guess who's there? People who are, who are autistic. And this is why you have those geniuses who can play, who can be blind and they can't put out a word. You know, they can't speak right. They're blind. They can't speak right. They're autistic. Yet they can sing like an angel. They can play the guitar like Jimi Hendrix. It's amazing, right? 
You know, they can, they can play the piano like, like, uh, like Beethoven, but they can't even speak a word. They can't interact with you. They're that smart. And this is at the very far end of the intellectual, the people who are autistic, the people who are, again, caught up in their minds so much. Again, the people who can't relate to the real world. Now, can Anthony Fauci relate to the real world? I don't think he can. He can't relate to me or you who have not been working for almost a year. He can't relate to the, 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 the student, the, the little kid out there who is depressed because he can't see his friends at school. You know, they don't get it. He doesn't get it. And yet we're following him. The Democrats want you to follow whatever he says. You know, Joe Biden, we're just, Anthony Fauci says this, Joe Biden, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure what his agenda is. I don't think he's a loyalist, by the way. I, I really don't. I think Joe Biden can think for himself, but I think he just wants Anthony Fauci to lead us down the wrong road. I really do. Okay? Now, here's the thing. The scientific method, we talk about this. Science, the best thing about science is, again, you know, it, it doesn't prove us and it makes us just wonderful. Because when, you know, when, when, again, these intellectuals are at their best, they do push life forward. They do do great things. All right? All right? But we need this scientific method. We need it to actually prove that something possibly works, right? And we don't, because <laughs> if we don't do that, if we operate in this realm of theory, which they love to do, remember, always remember this. There's a lot of, there is a lot of fiction in science. There's a, there's a lot of it. That's why there's not much of a difference between science fiction and real science. I'll let you know that, okay? As an author... As a storyteller, I can tell you that science fiction and science, it's not too far from each other. And that's why myself, my genre that I write, by the way, is sci-fi fantasy, sci-fi um, hero fantasy. And uh, <laughs> we use science all the time. And we don't, have to, we don't have to stretch our imagination because these scientists, they think really far out of the box ideas. So we don't have to really imagine it. We don't really have to... You know, imagineer anything, all right? But here's the problem. Scientists have really abandoned the scientific method. They really, really have. So Anthony Fauci, he just goes out there, and there are these studies out there that say that masks, they really don't work. In fact, there's a study out there that is put up by the NIH that have said that, you know what? These masks, no matter what they are, they don't stop the flu, so if they don't stop the flu, how will they stop COVID-19? Because the flu is not as infectious as COVID-19. So if it can't stop that, what makes you think it can stop something more infectious? Does it make any sense? Not at all. All right, guys, it's been 30 minutes. I got to take a break right here. Um, I'm going to cut to commercial. I will be right back. We'll continue on this. All right. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S. That's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. 
So look at our awesome photos, check our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. All right, I'm back, everyone. How you like this intellectual conversation we're having here? We're just giving it to Anthony Fauci today. All right, I'm going to turn this down. Enough of this thing here. All right, so continuing on my bashing of these intellects and the scientific method, how important the scientific method is. Well, enter in Exhibit A, the 737 MAX. And this airplane, this modification to the 737, they did a lot of great things to it. I think it's a, it's a great airplane. But the problem is that they didn't test the 737 MAX. Um, they didn't use the, the scientific method to, to get out all the kinks. And what, what happened? Well, their MCAS system ended up crashing. Two airplanes, two brand new airplanes, <laughs> it, it, they ended up crashing. And here's the worst thing. You know, <laughs> pilots who were out there on the front line <laughs> flying these 737 Maxes were sounding the alarm bells. They were saying, this, this airplane is doing some crazy things. But again, the intellects over at Boeing didn't say anything. And then the intellects, you know, released it over to the, the news and said, no, no, these are just fine. And these pilots, they were just expressing something very anecdotal that couldn't be proven. Well, it comes to be that everything the pilots had said about the MCAS system were, were true. And that's why Boeing got sued. And Boeing admitted that they had rushed the 737 MAX to the market without running it through enough tests, a.k.a. the scientific method, to work out all the kinks. <laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that? So you have the 737 MAX crashing, right? Which is much different, by the way, because, you know, you have intellects on all different levels. You know, what do we just talk video games? The PS3 comes out, the PS4 comes out, PS5. They all have bugs. They all have bugs, right? So they, re they all released it to the market, and that's why when you buy these video game systems, there's always patches coming out, patches for this, patches for that, because they didn't engineer it correctly. They just didn't think about it. They, they, they cared more about getting it to the market than putting it through the scientific method right? It's just the way they are. <laughs> now, here's the thing about it. Here's the thing that really gets me. I'm going to go back onto hydroxychloroquine, the COVID vaccine, everything like that. Now, here's a really good thing about it. hydroxychloroquine. I want to talk about hydroxychloroquine. They put this, they put this drug through the, they put this test, they put this drug through a test, through a scientific method test. All right, and they came up with study after study that, that says hydroxychloroquine, it doesn't work. Now, they said there are people who swear by it, and I know friends who I know who have taken it, and they believe it helped save their life. They were on the downhill slope, and they took it before things got real worse, and as soon as they took it, they felt better. It's like when you have a headache and you take the right medicine, your headache suddenly feels better, right? 
And then doctors will say, well, you can't, that can't really happen because, you know, this medication is only supposed to kick in after an hour. How can you feel good the instant you take it? Yet you do, right? I've been there. I have a headache and I take it. And then they'll say, well, that's just anecdotal evidence. And that's what, again, Fauci had said. Oh, this is, this is just anecdotal, his favorite word, right? We need a double-blinded placebo test. Well, do you know what a double-blinded placebo test is? Well, a double-blinded placebo test means some people are going to die. In fact, a lot of people are going to die because what they're going to do is that they're going to give people a sugar pill. And we'll see. We'll see if you die with or without it. And that's what we do for the double-blinded blinded placebo test. Do you think that's ethical at all? And that's one of the reasons why I didn't enroll into the vaccine test. I was willing to put my so-called life on the line for the country and say, hey, I'll take the vaccine test. If it does something, you know, abnormal to me, I'm fine with it like that. If it, you know, kills me, okay, maybe, maybe it was something bad, but I was willing to do something, be a, be a guinea pig, all right? You know, I was okay with that. And say, let's see if I get COVID, but I wanted the actual COVID vaccine. But no, they actually said, no, you may, you may actually just get nothing. Well, why do I want to take that for? Because I don't, that's so unethical. You know, we don't need that type of, you know, th- that type of um, study because it really doesn't do anything. It really doesn't do anything. All with the double-blinded placebo test is supposed to, we're supposed to validate, you have a control group, you know, one who has it and one who doesn't, and it's supposed to validate why a drug works well. Well, by the way, there's a lot of these drugs out there that do double-blinded placebo tests that don't work, that are still on the market today. A lot of them, opioids have gone through a double-blinded placebo test, and they're on the market, and they weren't shown to be that addictive. And yet, oh, here they are being very addictive and killing people. They didn't see that in their double-blinded placebo test, so what the hell is it used for? But here's the good thing. Here's the good thing about the test that these vaccines went through. They vaccinated a lot of a lot of people volunteered for it, and the hundreds of thousands of people participated in it. And I can tell you with confidence that these vaccines so far look very very safe. They look look they look very very safe. And the negative news we hear about it on the media right now, or like within our, my own conservative groups and a lot of good friends who I know, it just seems to be fear mongering on the other side. I mean, on our side, on the right side. Um, you know, I talked to some doc, um, some, some doctors and, uh, and these are doctors who treat Bell's palsy. What is Bell's palsy? This is when half of your face looks like you have a stroke. All right. And there was a study that came out in the COVID test and during, during the actual, uh, double blinded placebo test that there were some patients that actually ended up coming down with, with Bell's palsy. Well, here's the thing about that. The people who end up coming up down with Bell's palsy, those people never took the vaccine. Okay, so you can't say that the vaccine actually caused that. And there was maybe one or two people who actually got Bell's palsy who took the vaccine. But more people who didn't take the vaccine, who were given nothing but saline solution injected into them or whatever like that, you know, they also got Bell's palsy. So we can't make a definitive conclusion about it. In fact, get this. To these doctors who treat Bell's palsy, and most of these people are like, you know, I think like, like surgeons who try to reconnect the nerves and make the muscles better. Uh, they said that they'd have no idea what causes Bell's palsy to this day. 
So even without the vaccine, they said they have no idea. But the percentage of the population who it affects, it's a very, very small percentage. That same percentage, they said, when you run any type of big study, you're going to get a, ha- a handful of them who are going to get Bell's palsy just by the st- statistical numbers. So can we say that COVID-19 causes Bell's palsy? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, what, what do we know about this whole vaccine? Well, it's used, it's made, you know, with this new technology using, it's called mRNA. Now, most vaccines out there, they are literally um, weak versions of a, vac- of, a, of, a, um, of a virus. So if you have the flu virus, or they're going to weaken it, and they'll inject a weakened version into you, and, the, and they, they, what they want is that your body to create an immune response to create the needed antibodies or T-cell memory so you would become immune to that strain of flu. Now, what's happening with this mRNA? They're, they are not injecting you with a COVID virus. Okay, They're, They are not injecting you with COVID-19. What this mRNA technology does, and it's never been used before. Okay, so again, we're, we're kind of like guinea pigs, all right? We're kind of like guinea pigs. But what, what they do is that it teaches your cells how to make proteins that trigger the appropriate immune response. So in this case, there'll be the antibodies that grab on hold to the coronavirus. Now, what are the long-term effects? Well, we don't know. We really don't know about it. And there are scientists out there, you know, there are scientists out there, and I would say there are intellects out there, out there on the right, on the conservative side. Now, remember, both the left and the right can have intellects, right? They are personality type. There are people who are anti-vaxxers, and they're saying that, well, this mRNA, mRNA vaccine will cause a lot of deaths. Now, I'm not sure if they're right or they're wrong, okay? But I'm entertaining what they say. I'm very open to what they're saying. But here's the thing. What they are saying cannot be backed up with science. It cannot be backed up with data. Not whatsoever. None whatsoever. And so what they are saying, it's just they're making it off the top of their head. Because right now, we don't know. We haven't gone down a year or two now. So how can they say within a year or two now, people are going to start dying? You can't say that. There's no data out there. Okay, they may be right, they may be wrong, but then again, they're not saying anything about this mRNA stuff. You know, the, the mRNA again. <laughs> this is the first time it's ever been used in a vaccine, first time ever. So you don't know. But by the way, mRNA technology, this technology is what they believe will be used to cure cancer. All right, just to let you know, this is the same technology. And how close are we to a cure for cancer? <laughs> We're getting pretty damn close. Just Google mRNA and cancer, all right? And you can see how close we're getting to. Now, here's the cool thing about it. With this mRNA technology and everything, the antibodies that it's producing, they stick onto the, those spikes, onto the COVID spikes pretty well, on the, on the coronavirus spikes, on all coronavirus spikes. So what does this mean? It actually means that you may not actually catch the common code again. All right? Again, no, sci- no science. This is all theory. All right? We have yet to prove that. Now, here's what they have proven, though. Apparently, the virus load, when someone has, is vaccinated twice, apparently the virus load inside this person when the COVID-19 virus goes into them is much lower 
than people who have not been vaccinated. And a person with a much lower um, viral load is less likely to spread COVID-19. So how do you like that? So now there is proof out there that proves that maybe, you know, getting vaccinated actually helps stop the spread of COVID-19. That's great news. And that's science, that there's actually science to back that up. All right. Now I just want to, you know, again, talk to those on my side of the aisle, the conservatives. I know a lot of us are anti-vax. And if you don't want to take the vaccine, that's your choice. I'm still on the fence. More than likely, I'm leaning toward getting it. But right now, I just want to let you know. I just want to let you know that you have to keep your mind open. Look at all the science on all sides, okay? Just don't listen to anti-vax intellects, all right? Because these intellects, again, like I told you, anti Anthony Fauci is on the other, other side. He is completely pro, pro-vaccine, and a lot of these other scientists are pro-vaccine, and they're narrow-minded and focused, okay? Focus on them. Listen to them. L- listen to Fauci, as dumb, as dumb as he is, and listen to your, your intellect you've chosen to follow. Don't be scared of your own opinion. Don't be a blind loyalist, okay? Do your research. Look at both sides, all right? Now, how do I know that many on the right are being blind loyalists? Because what they do is they take one vaccine and say, well, the flu vaccine doesn't work. Therefore, all vaccines don't work. And they'll say, oh, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so took the vaccine. They got a fever and this one, so it's not good. All vaccines are not the same. There are some vaccines that are good, some vaccines that are bad, some vaccines work that work better than, than others, others, right? The, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, by the way, I wouldn't get that. That's only 63% effective. I would go for the Moderna or the Pfizer one. They're not all the same. All right. So when I say vaccine, I am very particular in which vaccine I'll, you know, I would say take, to take, right? Do your research. Now, again, if your research leads you down a path and it, it may be actually correct that this may actually kill you or do something to you or, do, or alter your DNA. Okay. Fine. But is there proof of this vaccine, these specific vaccines, you know, using mRNA technology? That proves that your DNA is going to be altered. That proves that in one year you're going to die. Right? I don't know. Right now, no. Absolutely not. It's all theory. It's all science fiction. And again, like I told you, you know, as a professional storyteller, I don't have to bend the truth. I don't have to go searching for fiction so far because the scientists make this up. And these, this is what intellects do. They make things up in their head. Fauci makes things up in the head. Some of these anti-vax scientists, they make things up in their head. And just because it says doctor in front of their title, and just because they're on one side and they agree with you or or they disagree with you, it doesn't mean that they're right or wrong, okay? You have to make that decision for yourself. Be smart. Now, if you, but listen to both sides. That's all I'm saying. Don't become a blind loyalist to these intellectuals. You're smart. Think. All right. So what are my estimates right now? Again, I think by late March, early April, you know, and I was saying this early, early February, COVID is going to become a thing of the past, at least in our nation. It's still going to be around the world, but Americans, for the most part, we're all going to be vaccinated by summer, right? Most of us are all going to be vaccinated. And right now, enough, is, enough people are being vaccinated, vaccinated where the virus would die. 
okay, where it's currently going to be stopped. It's going to stop from spreading in America. Look at that graph right now. It's coming down. <laughs> it may even be by the middle of March. It's coming down that fast. It is exponentially. It is ex- COVID-19 is exponentially diving faster, dying faster, not only diving, dying faster than it rose. That's amazing. And people are getting vaccinated far at a greater rate than people are getting infected. That also counts. All right. And then people are also recovering. Now, if you don't want to get the vaccine, I'm fine. You know, again, you know, it's all up to you. I'm not trying to push my agenda on there again because I don't, I don't want you to be loyal to me. I'm just one man with one man's opinion. And that's all I have to share is an opinion. And at the end of the day, that's what all of these other intellects have to do as well. So we shouldn't take, that, take it as a grain of salt. All right? Don't follow. Don't fear your own opinion. That's all I have to say. All right, guys, that's it for my podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was a little bit more, uh, I guess, what, educational than I usually am. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, um, I'll keep the podcast a little more light next time. I don't, you know, if I felt, if you felt like I was scolding you out there, I really apologize for that. Sometimes, you know, myself, type one reformer, same type of personality as Donald Trump. You know, people like me, we find things wrong with everything. That's why we like to fix everything. And uh, by the way, people like us, we like to listen to both sides of the picture all the time. That's why, that's why Donald Trump kept Fauci on his staff. And that's why he kept a lot of people on his staff, because he wanted people to disagree with him. He always wanted to hear the other side. No matter how much he disagreed with them, maybe they could come up with a good idea. All right, people, that is it. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies.